Hello, I'm Dr. John Iskander. Welcome to CDC Beyond the Data. I'm here today with Dr. Bill Murphy, a research physicist with CDC's National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. Welcome, Bill. Thank you, John. So our grand rounds today was hearing health across the lifespan. Mm -hmm. um, what can you tell us to begin with about what is the scope of hearing loss as a public health problem? Well, it's actually rather large. You know, when I started working in this field, I didn't have an idea of how large the scope of the problem can be. In the data that we share in this presentation, we've noted that in the United States, 61 million persons suffer from high frequency hearing loss. And that's people who have a hearing loss of more than 25 decibels at three, four, and six kilohertz, frequencies at which we test for, for uh, hearing. So, so, so that's a large proportion of the population. Now, particularly healthcare providers, when they hear high frequency hearing loss, they may associate that with, with aging. Is, is that the only group no. in our population that's at risk? No. Well, I, I work at the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, and we are interested in all aspects of things that would cause hearing loss uh, within workers. And the primary cause that they suffer, or that causes the hearing loss, is noise exposure. So when we have workers that are exposed to more than 85 decibels of sound, and that would be, for instance, you and me trying to have a conversation where I would have to raise my voice in order to be able to communicate to you over the noise. Um, that's an example or a sign of being in a noise environment that's, that's too loud. And so we have noise as one source. We also have other things that are potential uh, ototoxic exposures. We have things such as medicines that people can be exposed to if they're on some chemotherapy medications like cisplatin or carboplatin. Uh, we have aminoglycoside antibiotics that are potential causes of hearing loss. Those are things that can affect a person's hearing. We have workers that are having multiple exposures to uh, not only noise, but also to things such as organic solvents, or maybe they have some uh, heavy metal exposures such as lead or cadmium, mercury, those kinds of things. And those can cause hearing loss in a person as well. So a lot of things that could put working age adults at risk for hearing loss, mm -hmm. uh, certainly some age-related effects of hearing loss. Uh, what about um, uh, children, adolescents? Uh, what might put them at risk for hearing loss? Right, good question. The thing that we see in children and adolescents is maybe the not being knowledgeable about what it is that could cause uh, a noise-induced hearing loss or what could cause hearing loss in their, in their situations. So, for instance, I had a discussion last night with my colleague, Deanna, and we were talking about noise exposures with uh, fireworks. So if you have children that are using fireworks and the, setting them off and maybe out behind the garage and, you know, blowing off a black cat or a firecracker or something like that, just those exposures alone without proper protection can produce uh, hearing loss in, in children. We also have children that are, uh, you know, the, the iPod generation, so to speak, that we have a lot of children using and adolescents using personal music players 
getting exposures that way. My own children uh, have gone to a number of rock concerts and things like that. And the noise levels, the exposure levels at rock concerts are in the 110 to 120 decibel noise exposure range or sound level range. And those are potentially very damaging to, to the hearing. Yeah. So again, a, a point people may not be aware of that it's not only uh, ongoing exposures, but there are certain acute exposures that can cause, right. can cause permanent damage to hearing. So thinking about um, all, all of these groups, uh, different kinds of ages, uh, what are the sort of both kind of personal and maybe more public health uh, prevention strategies that have, we, that have been found to work? Well, one of the programs that we discussed in the, in the Grand Rounds is the Dangerous Decibels program. And the unique thing about Dangerous Decibels is it is a evidence-based public health promotion and hearing loss prevention program. And the idea is to get children involved, get them to understand what it is about the auditory system and how it can be affected by noise and to make them aware of the fact that at least at this point in time, if you lose your hearing, it's gone. You know, it's not like a burn on your skin where, all right, you burn yourself and it heals up. No, if you, if you destroy the hair cells and the cochlea, they're gone. Now, hopefully in the future, we'll see perhaps maybe some genetic treatments uh, in animals uh, and in humans where they may be able to restore uh, hearing through a genetic treatment. And I know that they've had success in mice in doing this, but at this point we haven't got it for humans. Okay, so thinking of, again, uh, someone, uh, you know, a parent, uh, a, a homeowner, <clears throat> What are the uh, hearing protection technologies or, or mechanisms uh, you know, available to them on, on an everyday basis? Good question. So one of the things that we have promoted with dangerous decibels is to turn it down. If you're listening to music, if you're listening to an iPod, a personal stereo, uh, rock concert, whatever, turn it down means turn the volume down. Uh, another one that you can do is if it is too loud, you can walk away. As you move further away from something, the sound levels that are reaching your ears are going to be reduced just because of the spreading of sound over the surface area of what you're, what you're looking at. Uh, the other one is to protect your hearing. And that's actually what I've spent a good part of my career at NIOSH working on hearing protection and understanding how hearing protection can be tested, how it can be rated, different ways in which we can uh, test workers to make sure that they are wearing their protection properly. And, and, and of course, many of those technologies, uh, e earplugs and uh, ear earphones uh, are, you know, are available to, to the public. Yes, they are. Um, you can go to Kroger, up, at least up in Cincinnati where I live, the, the local grocery store, Walmart, or wherever, and you can find a, a little box of earplugs for a couple dollars or something like that. You can buy a set of earmuffs at any of the hunting stores that will give you a good amount of protection from firearms and noise uh, from you know shooting guns or doing target practice or something like that. But there are other devices that are available for people who need to have 
better communication. And that's one of the things that we worry about with workers and their ability to communicate on the job. If they have a hearing critical job, if they can't hear that warning sound, then they're in danger of perhaps even being run over or even killed. You know, they say that hearing loss doesn't kill. Well, all right, it's not the hearing loss that kills you. It's the steamroller or whatever that runs over you, or it's the dump truck that runs over you that could kill you. But it's the fact that you didn't hear it. You didn't hear that warning sound. That's where hearing loss is so important uh, for the workers as well as for children and such. Okay. Yeah, I, I think one of the... Uh points that 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 will will stick with me is that idea if you just sort of turn your volume on your music player down to 60 per, 60% mm -hmm. you know that's a that's a, a safe level for for long term listening that tends to be a, a good level to shoot for you know it doesn't need to be super loud you know now i i look at my kids and actually they they're pretty good about it because i've raised them from you know day 1 uh, you know, if you're going to work around the power tools, you put your earmuffs on. If you're going to be doing something with sanding, you put your, your respirator and your, you know, your dust mask on and, and protect your lungs and protect your ears, protect your eyes, those kinds of things. And really the point is, is that you need to use protection consistently and correctly every time. You know, if you're wearing earplugs and you just kind of, there was one of the guys at the airport you know, he had them behind his ears. Mm. Well, they're not supposed to be behind your ears, they're supposed to be in your ears. <laughs> and <clears throat> now, granted, he wasn't in noise, he was walking between one place and another. But I've seen that in many cases where, you know, the earplugs and they're out working around the airplane, they're hanging around their neck. Well, that's not doing them any good. You need to wear it correctly and consistently every time you're exposed to noise. So lots of good take-home information, and uh, I, for more information, people could look to either the NIOSH website or the uh, Dangerous Decibels website. Yeah, that'd be a good place to start. We have a lot of information on NIOSH. Of course, most of that is oriented towards the occupational side, but the take-home message is the things that you do at work, at least with noise, the, the exposures that you have at work, they translate to the home. You know, for carpenters, one of the things that we found, if you plug it in, it's gonna probably be over this 85 decibel uh, occupational exposure, recommended uh, exposure limit. And so if you plug it in, you need to be wearing protection. And the same thing at home. If you've got a, a lawnmower, if you've got a leaf blower, if you're using a chainsaw or a circular saw, that kind of a thing, yeah, you should wear protection. All right. I appreciate you sharing all of this uh, very uh, practical information with us. Uh, well, thank thank you, you very much for joining us, Dr. Murphy. My pleasure. Please join us next time for CDC's Beyond the Data. Beyond the Data.